Militarily Speaking, Episode 30, Tragedy Assistance Programs for Survivors, otherwise known as TAPS. This episode, we talk with Major Bonnie Carroll, CEO and founder of TAPS. Welcome to Militarily Speaking, brought to you by Armed Forces Bank. This is Tom McLean and Jody Vickery. I'm the Regional Military Executive for Armed Forces Bank, and Jody is the Executive Vice President, Director of Military Consumer Lending, and a whole plethora of, of <laughs> other projects and assignments. There's that word we like. I know. Yeah, the connection you have, Jody, with TAPS is that you were part of a tap jazz acrobat. <laughs> a group long time ago. Way back when you were a kid, These right? These are things we <laughs> don't speak of, Tom. <laughs> I'm sorry. I took a note on it, so I had to say it. Yes. So I would just like to get off of that topic and come say <laughs> welcome to the show. We're excited to have you listening and learning about our guest, Major Bonnie Carroll from TAPS. And Bonnie, I know you know all of this, but I think it's really important to share your background with our audience. So bear with me. I, I do want to share your bio with them. Bonnie Carroll founded the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, TAPS, in 1994 at a time when there was no national support network for the families of America's fallen heroes. Through her own grief following the death of her husband, Brigadier General Tom Carroll, who perished in an Army plane crash in 1992, along with seven other soldiers, she turned her tragedy into a purposeful effort to create what is today the major national program providing compassionate care for all who are grieving in the death of a service member. In addition to founding and serving as the president of TAPS, Carroll also held government appointments, including White House liaison at the De Department of Veterans Affairs under President George W. Bush, executive assistant to the president for cabinet affairs under Reagan, and senior advisor to the Iraqi Ministry of Communications in Baghdad during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Earlier in her career, Ms. Carroll worked on Capitol Hill as a political consultant on presidential and congressional campaigns and as a consultant on national defense issues. Carroll retired as a major in the Air Force Reserve following 31 years of service. Thank you so much for that yes, service. thank you. Her career included serving as the Chief of Casualty Operations in Headquarters U.S. Air Force. Prior to joining the USAFR, Major Carroll served 16 years as both a non-commissioned officer and then a commissioned officer in the Air National Guard as a transportation officer, logistics officer, and executive officer. Carol also served on the board of directors of Association of Death Education and Counseling, Department of Defense Military Family Readiness Council, VA Advisory Committee on Disability Compensation, the Defense Health Board, and the board of the Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America. She's a former chair of the Department of Defense Task Force on the Prevention of Suicide by Members of the Armed Forces and currently serves on the VA Advisory Committee on Families, Caregivers, and Survivors. Co-author of Healing Your Grieving Heart After a Military Death, she has published numerous articles on grief and trauma following a military death. She has appeared on CNN, Fox, NBC's Today Show, and other national programs speaking about military loss. And there's more, Tom. Is, it's, is this, this is all about I, one person, I, right? This is all Bonnie? one person, and I just feel wholly inadequate in her company, but there, there is more. There is a couple uh, more paragraphs, yeah, but it's it, worth talking about it, these. It, it, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it is. In addition to receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Barack Obama and the Zach Zachary and Elizabeth Fisher Distinguished Civilian Humanitarian Award from the Department of Defense, Carol was also featured in People Magazine as a hero among us named a recipient of the Community Heroes Award by the Military Officers Association of America, recognized by the Defense Department with the Office of the Secretary of Defense Medal for Exceptional Public Service, and has received the Army's Outstanding Civilian Service Medal and the Navy's Distinguished Public Service Award. Ms. Carroll holds a degree in public administration and political science from the American University and has completed 
Harvard University John F. Kennedy School of Government's Executive Leadership Program on International Conflict Resolution. Graduate of several military service schools, including the USAF Logistics Officers Course, Squadron Officers Course, Defense Equal Opportunity Management Institute, Academy of Military Science, and USAF Basic Training Honor Grad. I'm going to take a deep breath, Bonnie. <laughs> take eight <laughs> sips of coffee. You are that. an impressive yeah. human being and use, using all of, all of that for the good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So welcome. Welcome to our podcast. It's, it's a complete honor to have you on our show. Just thank you for being with us today. Jody, thank you so much. And, and Tom, it's great to be with you. And that bio was far too long. You know, I, I, I tell you the Stop doing so much, Bonnie. Stop I, I doing would, so I much. I would read my bio yeah. if it was that impressive. I would too. Twice. Yeah. No, that yeah. that is, and you know, I, I just want to start by saying the the one part of my background that I, I absolutely wish was not included was the death of my husband. He was an extraordinary leader and a true patriot. He was a combat veteran and uh, it was absolutely devastating loss when he and seven other soldiers were killed in an army plane crash. Completely unexpected. And it came at a time in his career when we thought we were, you know, kind of on that uh, downhill slide, uh, moving into the next right. chapter of our lives. And uh, so it did cause me to pivot from everything and just start to redefine kind of who I was and what the next chapter was going to now be about. And, you know, we're, we're so honored to have you here today. TAPS does such critically important work. We'd love to have you share with us the genesis for how it started. I think we know, obviously, it was related to how you poured into this work after the death of your husband. But just share with them at a, at a macro level, if you would, the mission of TAPS and, and what you're all about. Absolutely. I w I'd love to. And, you know, at the time Tom was killed, I was serving in the Air National Guard. We had suffered loss, a mass casualty in the Air Guard, and I was chosen to be a critical incident stress debriefer and help our unit through that and went, went through training. In my civilian capacity, I was on the board of an organization caring for victims of homicide and was involved in groups helping folks deal with trauma. And you know, Jody and Tom, I boy, I thought I was just a super empathetic person and really helpful. But when it happened to our family, when Tom was killed, it absolutely just stopped life as I knew it. It was beyond devastating. And just to try to catch my breath, to, to take one step forward was incredibly difficult. But coming out of that, I knowing that there were organizations that were there for other types of loss, I went searching for that kind of organization I knew had to exist for those who'd lost a loved one in the military. because. You know, by God, there's a support group for everything. There had to be right. one. Right. Well, <laughs> yes. back then in the early 90s, there wasn't one, nor had there ever been one in America to care for all those grieving the death of a military loved one, to bring people together, to form a community, and to create the kind of resources and support that take what the government offers forward. So that's really just how TAPS evolved. And, you know, I thought, well, if I don't do this now, given the, the opportunities I had with my husband's, you know, senior rank, with my experience in the military, with the background I had working with nonprofit organizations, and then, you know, coming out of a background also in my civilian career in the White House and having kind of senior government relationships, well, I need to step up. 
I need to make this happen. Thank you for that answer, too. And, and as we transition to a, the next question for you, too, I know your mom served in the military, right? She, was, she served in World War II. Is that right? She sure did. I'm so proud of her. She was an aviator and one of the uh, in the Women's Army Air Corps, and she inspired me to go into the, the air services. So I'm incredibly proud that she was a leader in that regard. I'd have to say the military is part of your entire life. Is that right? Absolutely. <laughs> Since day one. Yeah. So t- tell us a little bit more about that esteemed military career and your accomplished work with the government. I know I get starstruck. Jody knows this whenever I'm dealing with musicians or politicians or athletes that I get starstruck. And you you certainly, as Jody read for our audience, the accomplishments you've had over the years are, are pretty amazing. And maybe you highlight a few of those moments for yourself, but talk a little about Talk a little bit about that with our audience, if you don't mind, Bonnie. Well, I'm very proud of the fact that I, I did go in, enlisted, went through basic training at Lackland and formed some great relationships, but really learned care for the troops and had the opportunity to serve alongside some extraordinary junior leaders and then have the opportunity to receive a commission. And as a junior officer, be present with my airmen when we lost actually two, one, our first sergeant to a heart attack while we were all Mm. together. And then just 10 days later, another one of our airmen to a suicide. But it brought our unit together. And it is those relationships that we formed in that unit. I was actually commander of the motor pool at the time that stood beside me when a year later, my husband was killed. You know, that's what is extraordinary about military service, the camaraderie, the relationships, the bonds that form and, you know, really shape who who we all become as as leaders in our lives. That's so true. My husband served in the Army, Bonnie, for 20 years, and he's been out for five ish. (laughs) Lost track. But he's been out and he still is so connected with the people that he served with and there's not one of them, I don't think, that if something happened to him, to me, to our family, that we couldn't call and they'd be there in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for his service. And and I appreciate that you said that. Yeah. No, definitely. I know, Bonnie, I want to switch gears just a little bit. I know advocacy is an important part of your work today. And there has been some recent legislation introduced in D.C. that would be meaningful for TAPS and those that you work so hard to serve. Are there things about that upcoming legislation that you'd highlight for our audience today and maybe give them some guidance on how their voice might be heard in support of? Absolutely. I would love to. And I just want to start out by saying that a decade ago or more, TAP started seeing families coming to us experiencing the death of their loved one by rare cancers. And because we see and embrace those families whose loved ones died from Guard and Reserve Service, but not in a duty status, or veterans who have been Mm -hmm. out of the military, they don't show up anywhere else on the rolls. So as we're talking to the families and hearing over and over geoblastoma and these lung cancers and pulmonary issues, and, and we started tracking trends and started talking to families about where they were deployed and could that possibly have been connected to that deployment and to exposures to toxins and started hearing more about the burn pits. We raised this mm-hmm. at the senior levels at the Defense Health Board to the Secretary of Defense and started that conversation about all of these kind of disconnected cases that had a common thread. So over the past, oh gosh, 15 years now, it, we're so, so proud to have paid it 
played a major role in the PACT Act, and that is allowing new benefits, new presumptions to give the families of those who have lost loved ones to toxic exposures, the kind of benefits and support that they need. You know, we've also, for years now, been trying to change the rule that if a military widow remarries before the age of 55, her benefits stop. And that's just completely unfair. It's not like any other federal pension benefit. It really has a tremendous impact on our young widows who are primarily in their 20s or 30s when the loss of their spouse occurs. And we're very, very close. We've got a piece of legislation now going through called the Love Lives On Act. And uh, Mm -hmm. we're incredibly hopeful. We'd love everyone's support in just getting that through. We were instrumental in fixing the inequity on the dependency and indemnity compensation survivor benefit plan. That sounds very technical, but it was a little thing where those two benefits were offset. And and Mm. we were so excited to finally, after several decades of trying to get that done that last year, that was fixed. So that's what TAPS does. We see these challenges through our relationships with tens of thousands of surviving families, and then we elevate those. We advocate on Capitol Hill. We talk to the government agencies and we fix, well, we right those wrongs. I know I love that. You're you're involved in the very detailed individual lives, but you're doing something about it at the top of the house too. Absolutely. That's fantastic. You know, we're just so grateful now to have leaders at DOD, at, at VA, who are listening, who understand the sacrifices our families have made and are willing to do the, you know, make the tough calls, as Secretary McDonough right. did with the PACT Act. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and you've got the ear of Moran and Warnock and Hudson and Phillips, all the folks that are supporting this legislation. And I, I wish you well. And, and the listeners that are in those markets can certainly tap them and give their support as well. So they, they can make things happen for you. And, and you're moving legislation probably at lightning speed. Whereas when you know I was on the board of ALS for many years and we, I was advocating on behalf of ALS patients too. And it takes a while to get legislation moved. It's not, it's not overnight. We'd love it to snap your finger and be done with it. But the work that you're doing, Bonnie, with these types of legislative initiatives are, are awesome. So I appreciate you for doing that. Well, thank you for the support and thank you for really bringing your reader, your le- listeners into this. Sure. And before I, before we got on the podcast, Bonnie, I listened to Love Lives On by Ben Skill and Lone Star. Oh, great. What a, can you introduce me to the, to them? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <No>? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I'm holding you to that. I'm going to ask Lee to hold you to that no, too. Bonnie, as well. say yeah. no. Say no. Don't play my games, Don't Bonnie. Get yeah. into his I'd be happy to. No, they. Or at oh least some sign memorabilia or something oh like that. Oh my gosh, Tom. Yeah. To Tom. Absolutely. Yeah. Love Vince. Well, you know, okay, I, I, so. but, but uh, Tom, since you brought it up a number of years ago, yes. we did actually do an extraordinary project with songwriters, with oh, yeah. performers in Nashville, where we brought together 10 surviving families who sat with the songwriters, told their stories, and then we mm. had those recording artists perform those songs for an album. And the title track on it is Love Lives On. So That's awesome. And I mean, to have Pam Tillis and John Rich and Deborah Allen and Gatlin Brothers, I mean, you got some longtime country artists that are that are supporting you and working with those families. So it's cool. We we are blessed to have those 
who are in very, very prominent positions honoring the families of America's fallen heroes, as they should. Yeah. I will uh, switch to the programs at TAPS. And, you know, when I look at the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, look at all these caregiver programs that you've done over the years, too. There's a lot of programs that you've launched, and the structure of them seems very intentional as you have them focused on different age groups, men and women, et cetera. Grief is not a one-size-fits-all solution. Can you share with us some of the program design work and perhaps highlight some of them for the audience, Bonnie? I'd love to. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, now nearly 30 years ago when TAPS came into being and I talked about the needs assessment and gap analysis, there were four things that the government and the private sector doesn't do. And that's where TAPS stepped into that space. Government does Mm -hmm. an absolutely magnificent job of rendering final honors, providing that final resting place and administering benefits to those who are eligible. But then it is incumbent upon the surviving families to now step forward in so we can help each other heal. And we do that. Our our number one core service is a national network of peer-based emotional support. Grief grief is not a mental illness. It isn't a physical injury. It isn't something we can just take a, a pill to resolve. Grief is the normal human response to love, to the loss of a loved one, to that physical separation. And what we can do for each other is be present. For those who are further along in their loss, TAPS has a peer mentor program where we train those who truly understand that experience from a very personal place to now be there for someone newly bereaved. Those are our force multipliers. Right now, my gosh, Tom, our intake rate is 25 newly bereaved survivors every day. Seven, 25 well, a day? 25 a wow. day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Last year, there were nearly 9,000 new surviving family members who came to TAPS for that connection, to find that community, to find, as Sebastian Younger says, to find our tribe, to speak with someone who could normalize and validate what we're going through with this tremendous loss and the secondary losses of the military family. So we we do this peer-based emotional support through national events, regional events last year, We had over 1,000 events, including community-based care groups and what we call TAPS Togethers. We had regional survivor seminars. We had family camps. We had women's empowerment programs, men's retreats, outdoor programs, and engagements at, at pro sports. So we are getting families together wherever they are in America so they can connect and find that comfort and care. The other three core services include casework assistance. And that's Mm -hmm. expanding the support available to families beyond just that that one primary next of kin to the entire family. We have emergency financial assistance, education services for kids to make sure they can use all of their benefits and help with applying for all benefits, even, you know, benefits that are retroactive. So, the other two are our 24-7 helpline. And mm-hmm. I'm so just so proud that, you know, our volume continues to go up. And that means that people like your listeners are hearing about our program, spreading the word, and letting families know they're not alone. And then finally, right. we have community-based care, connecting surviving families with the kind of resources for grief and trauma in 
every community in America. So lots of good services, all available at no cost to surviving families, whatever the relationship or duty status of death. And everything is made possible by caring Americans who understand service and sacrifice, just like your listeners. Wow. A lot of programs to digest. And yeah, certainly on the website, we'll we'll talk about the website over and over again, right? www.taps.org. And there's another one, Bonnie, about stars for TAPS. Is that a new program or has that been out there for a while? Well, we do sports and entertainment. The the sports is teams for TAPS. And then the entertainment piece is stars for TAPS. And that's our connection with celebrities who honor and support families of the fallen. You know, I don't know if you saw Top Gun Maverick. We did. The, the top, oh, my God, was that great? Well, when you think about it, Maverick was a gold star child. His dad was killed, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he lost Goose, his wingman, his battle buddy, and uh, was then able to mentor Goose's son, Rooster. Now, Miles Teller, the actor, really understood yep. that. He understood that he was playing <laughs> the part of a Taps kid. And so he's connected with us just an awful lot, whether it's sporting events or sponsoring partnership with his beverage company, Long Drink. So that's the kind of relationship. It's it's real engagement of those celebrities. Bonnie, were you on the production set with Tom Cruise and Miles Teller filming that? Oh. <laughs> I would love to say yes. I, w- I would love to All say right. yes, but uh, no. No, you have integrity. You can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw her in scene three. Right. right. <laughs> Is there going to be a third one coming? Is there a third one coming? I, I, I cannot reveal that. But, you know, I, a decade ago, they actually, Universal Studios did do a film about how my husband and I met, and it was called Big Miracle. And uh, oh. the, it had a, a wonderful ensemble cast with Drew Barrymore and John Krasinski and Kristen Bell. My husband was played by Dermot Mulroney. And, wow, uh, good cast. It was a Very good great cast. cast and a great film. So that one I did get to be on the set of and get to be an extra. I was actually an, an extra at my wedding. Oh, very, wow. very cool. And there was, just off topic again, but there was a movie called Taps, wasn't there? There, and that was with, was it Timothy Hutton? Was I that? think it was Timothy Hutton. That's right. Good good memory. Right. Yes. Should, should we go back to scripting yes, now? I don't know. <laughs> no. All right. Well, let's go. You're up, Jody. <laughs> yes. You've gone into the land of pop culture, Tom. I may never really be back. I want to stay there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No, I, I really appreciate the overview of, of how you serve the community. You know, some it can be very complicated to navigate the land of military benefits. So having somebody kind of steer them through that, meeting them where they're at, both in their kind of grief journey and, you know, their their place in life on top of it. I think that that's fantastic. You shared a couple of pieces of, of you know, I'll call them data points, as you said that, about the results over the years. You talked about, sadly, 25 new folks a day reaching out to you, 9,000 last year. Are there any other data points that you would share that just express through statistics the the, the scope of your reach? And how that has impacted the military community? Oh, absolutely. You know, our just year to date since January, we have already fielded 418 education requests from our surviving families to help kids understand the scope of their benefits. Not many people realize that 47 out of 50 states waive tuition for surviving children. Mm. That's, you know, that's extraordinary. And then we also have a very complex array of federal benefits available to surviving kids. 
on top of all the scholarships that are offered. So we have a whole team that navigates those for the surviving children. And I'm really proud to say that so far, year to date, we have secured education benefits in the amount of $166.8 million for surviving children. Wow. Just, Just since the first of the year? Right. It's amazing. And I'm sure we'll get closer to $500 million by the end of the year. That's about where we wind up. It's amazing. I, I, as we were talking to Lee, that I saw the number two hundred fifteen million, and you're just blowing through those numbers. Though by the time the the year ends, you are you probably will be at five hundred million. We talked about your website before, but I love that you have both online and in person events, recognizing that you are trying to meet people literally wherever they are physically, but also in the grief process. And so, how do you help survivors match up with the right events? for them and then perhaps share with our audience how they can connect into an event to either participate or support. Oh, thank you so much for that. We do have just a very, very broad assortment of events and we do want to meet people exactly where they are, uh, whether that is a virtual offering or in person. So we've created major national programs like our National Military Survivor Seminar and Good Grief Camp coming up next weekend over Memorial Day yes. when we'll have thousands of family members coming together, a, a good grief camp that we have to cap at 500 kids because we bring in 500 volunteer military mentors to pair right alongside them. We've got regional survivor seminars all across the country that are paired with a good grief camp. And then we've got family camps going, and those go through the summer, an opportunity for kids and their parent to come together and learn coping skills and have fun in the outdoors. Speaking of the outdoors, we have a fantastic outdoor program, and we do retreats in beautiful places like Sedona, Arizona, or up in Alaska for women. And uh, we just had a fantastic men's retreat in a beautiful lodge in Montana. So, Our biggest programs are our care groups that are more grief-focused and our TAPS-togethers, which are activity-based, and those happen in communities all across the country. So right uh, now we're looking, last year we had just a little over a 1,000 events. Wow. (laughs) It was amazing, but our our teams are going all the time. You mentioned stars for TAPS, but on the pro sports side, we also have fantastic engagements with professional sports teams. We ask all of our families to share with us the team that their loved one cheered for, that they cheered for, and then we make a connection with that team. So it's not just tickets in the seat, it's actually honors on the field and connection with the players. I could could go on and on, but if you'd like to connect, if you'd like to volunteer, be present, attend an event, just go to taps.org and you can see everything we have coming up. So, yeah, because I think you've got relationships with the NBA, NFL, right? We and, do. We absolutely do. Yeah, that's do. great. Yep. And, you know, I, I'm going to go tangential again. You know, you, she mentioned she mentioned Montana, and I've been wanting to go to Montana ever since I see a Yellowstone episode. But I'll probably <laughs> never get there, Bonnie, but I'm going to try to get to Montana. Well, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And, it, you know, and it's a beautifully healing place for our families. And it's been wonderful to have our, particularly our men's retreats. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just to have a chance to come together and, and, and be with other men in a safe space to talk about grief and loss. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So I might have an impossible question for you, Bonnie. There, you know, this some, is the one. Yeah. I know sometimes the most impactful way to share about the resources is through stories. I love, I love 
to hear people tell stories that are meaningful and life-changing. I don't know if there is a story or maybe two, if we have the time to sh- that you would share with our audience about a family that you've you've been able to help. Oh, you know, I, I actually, uh, just this morning, right before uh, coming on air with you all, was with the mother of a United States Marine sniper. It's a young man coming from a very affluent, wonderful family in outside of Washington, D.C. He made the decision to serve his country and serve with the, with the Marine Corps, trained to be one of the elite snipers, and he was tragically shot and killed in Iraq. It was absolutely devastating for his family, and here it is now, more than a decade past his loss, and his mother continues to honor his life and his service by doing some of the things that he enjoyed. They have steeplechase races, you know, kind of this affluent event where they talk about life and service and sacrifice and how this family really are the living legacies of that American service and sacrifice. It was absolutely beautiful to see how our families forever remember and honor the lives of those we have loved and lost. So, you know, today I'm, I'm holding Corporal Kirk Bosselman in my heart. Okay. Man, that's awesome. Yep. Nope. That's a fantastic way to let a, a mother's love live on, I think. Oh, for yeah. Sure. Tell us how we can get involved. Our audience can get involved. You've, you've referenced that a lot during this discussion, Bonnie, but certainly going to the website and seeing the whole plethora of things that are available for people to do and to reach out and to, from a donation standpoint, they can do that too. But is there anything else you want to share about how people can support and get involved? Or is there anything else you want to close this discussion when it comes to TAPS and the, the great work that you do around the, around the globe? Oh, well, thank you for that opportunity. And, you know, TAPS is a private organization. We're a 501c3 nonprofit. I'm really proud of how highly we are rated by all of the charity watchdog sites. Oh, yeah. Everything we do is made possible because caring Americans understand the sacrifices of our men and women in uniform. And they recognize the fact that we owe them a great deal. So, as I said, everything TAPS does is through donation dollars. We have no government funding, although we come right alongside the military through our memorandums of understanding and protocols Mm -hmm. that we have. You know, we fall into a unique category like the Fisher House, Red Cross, and USO are providing that direct service, but doing it as a private organization. So donations are greatly appreciated. Whether folks want to, you know, run for TAPS in Marine Corps Marathon to raise funds, do a, a Facebook fundraiser, contribute directly, or in any way support that we the work that we're doing, we are grateful. All available, and we talk a lot more about how far those donation dollars go at TAPS.org. You know, when our audience listens to all that you said today, I I would have to think that people would open up their wallets. Yeah. Yeah. Because of all the great work we don't, we want you to continue to do all this, to do all this great work. So thank you, Bonnie. Well, and the nice thing is there are big and small ways that people can engage however they're able. Absolutely. And we love to have volunteers come in of, you know, all ages Anywhere across the country, we've got projects and engagements and ways that they can directly support the families of America's fallen heroes. So thank you for the opportunity to, to just make that appeal. By the way, the TAPS Ukraine, is that is that surfaced? That's, that's a new endeavor? 
Well, not so much. It's about eight years old. Well, I was a little uh, off, wasn't I? No. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first or last time. <laughs> I was so excited to hear about that. But you want to say a couple words about it? I'd love to. Well, way back, you know, it, it was in 2014 that Russia first invaded Ukraine. And at that time, the Ukrainians lost about 14,000 of their citizens who had stepped forward to fight in defense of, of their homeland. The uh, State U.S. State Department actually came to TAPS the next year and asked if we would mentor the creation of an organization like TAPS, wow. only there, okay. to help the families grieve their losses and honor their debt. So we were absolutely so what an honor that was to be yes. to be tapped to do that yeah absolutely and we immediately met with a delegation from ukraine we then traveled over to start doing training we've been going back and forth now over all these years and that organization formally launched in a very big way nationally in ukraine in 2018 since then they've been building national capacity across ukraine and once the war kicked off, the headquarters in the east of Ukraine, in Dnipro, stood up a major volunteer coordination center. So those family members who had lost loved ones in 2014 now trained to provide mm. care. Uh. You know, they're the ones, I'm so proud of them. They're caring for the newly bereaved of this war. They're managing morgue operations. They're managing all of the funerals. They're also rallying volunteers to provide critical resources for uh, those on the front lines fighting in defense of their freedom. So we have a delegation from TAPS Ukraine coming out of their country for the very first time back to the United States, and they'll be with us next week. So I'm just incredibly proud of them. So you'll, you'll be with them and, and probably in concert with Memorial Day weekend too, right? Yes. Good. Yes. So they can actually kind of reset, refresh, again, get reconnected with our programs, how we do things, talk Fantastic. through the trauma that they're experiencing and, and let us take care of them. But they now have 72 psychologists working just wow. on grief and trauma 24-7 in the east of Ukraine. I'm glad you asked about that. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. So, Bonnie, before we, we wrap up, I just want to give you an opportunity if there's something that Tom and I – have neglected to ask or maybe didn't know to ask, is there anything else that you'd want to share about TAPS with our audience? Well, TAPS is there for all those who are grieving the loss of a military loved one, regardless of the duty status or the relationship to, to the deceased, to the branch of service. And that's so important. So many, so many of those who are grieving, extended family members and friends, feel disconnected. I just want everyone to know that they have a community of love and care and support within TAPS. If you are honoring a fallen hero, if you are grieving a loss, if your heart is broken because someone has died and their life included selfless service to this great country, please reach out to TAPS and we are there for you. Well said, Bonnie. I think that has been loud and clear. We appreciate your time very much today. Um, we'll include, of course, the website when we post the podcast and drop the episode. If you've got just a couple of minutes, we have something we do in every podcast, Bonnie, called the Military Minute. So hang with us if you would. So last week's trivia <laughs> question, the Military Minute was only one president served as an enlisted man in the military and did not go on to become an officer. What was his name? Oh. Well, if you are listening and you answered and you answered James Buchanan. No, I, 
So the question for this week is kind of an interesting one. The Swiss Constitution prohibits Swiss citizens from participating in foreign military service except for the military unit responsible for guarding what area in Europe? So if if you think you know the answer, oh actually if you if you guessed right right or actually answered correctly if it wasn't just a flat out guess last week on James Buchanan and you posted on our social media, watch for your name on our social media platforms to see if you won $50 for yourself and $50 for a charity of your choice. And so same thing, fast forward with our Swiss Constitution question here. If you know the answer, post it when we drop this podcast and you'll also be eligible for a chance to win $50 for you. $50 for a charity of your choice. If you enjoyed today's episode, go out to afbank.com and subscribe to the show. Also, make sure to rate us. Leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Thank you very much, Bonnie. You, you were, were awesome and inspirational, and we appreciate your time. Very and I know much. you got a, you got a schedule that's probably got a schedule on top of a schedule. <laughs> and for all that you do for this country and for service members and their families and the loved ones we applaud you take a bow oh my god it's it's my honor and thank you so much for having me on it was wonderful thank you take care bonnie thank you bonnie Bye. thank you all right bye-bye bye copyright 2022 armed forces bank member fdic equal housing lender all non-armed forces bank owned apps websites company names and product names are trademarks or registered trademarks of their respective owners their mention does not imply any affiliation with or endorsement by armed forces bank of them or their products and services they are merely used as examples of the many available apps companies and websites that offer similar services before using any app or website you should carefully review the terms of use data collection and privacy policy apps may have an initial cost or in-application purchase features this information is general in nature and is not intended to be legal tax or financial advice although armed forces bank believes this information to be accurate it cannot ensure that it could change statements or opinions of individuals referenced herein are their own, not Armed Forces Bank. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation and respective governing bodies for applicable laws, such as IRS.gov for current tax law, Armed Forces Bank, the Armed Forces Bank logo, and the Militarily Speaking logo are registered trademarks of Armed Forces Bank.